0: Hi there, my name is John Paul Kermy. I am a breathwork teacher. I train people on how to teach breathwork as well. I'm really excited to be doing this new podcast with my good friend Feldy called Hangups, where we're gonna help you change your life. We're gonna show you how to transform your life with different tools. That's right, I'm John Feldman. I'm in a band called
1: Goldfinger. John Paul taught me breathwork. It changed my life. I have struggled with anxiety and depression throughout my life, and I've gotten through it. This is a solution-based show. We're talking about solutions to problems today. I am doing everything I can. Holding on to what I am,
0: Okay. Today, I'm super excited to have my good friend, Dina Canton, formerly Dina Mazo from Real Housewives of New Jersey, who's now Dina Canton and has started an amazing new chapter in her life, which we're going to talk about. All the people that I love in my life. Oh, listen, we get to start new chapters whenever we want. That's the amazing thing about this life. We we can start a new chapter in our life anytime we want. We are not stuck on a TV show. We are not stuck in a marriage. We are not stuck anywhere in life. And Dina's is going to share with us today some of that stuff, how she's transformed her life, some of her tools and her secrets and her stuff that she's used. And I want to introduce Dina to my, one of my BFFs here, uh, John Feldman, multi-gram-nominated music producer rock producer and frontman for the gold, for the band Goldfinger who's also who's married to a jersey girl okay. uh, what 20 years you've been married to a jersey girl now Feldy 24 short years
2: it takes no. a special guy to deal with a jersey girl
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I we think met was- at we met at the um, the stone pony i was i was on tour with no doubt and she was there to see no doubt and it just ended up that uh, it all worked. I mean, she was actually in a fight. She was, she's like, you know, I don't know what kind of Jersey girl you are. We'll, well, I'll get to know you, I'm sure, this this podcast. But like she was in a fight with some other girl. And so she had like a nail mark on her forehead with blood dripping down her. She was like straight up throwing beer bottles at, at
0: Camaros. It was crazy.
2: crazy. I love it. Stone pony, fist fight. It just all works.
0: <laughs> I love Feldy's wife. We we did our scuba diving certification together. And it and it's me ama- it was she just made me laugh the entire time. She's hilarious. Oh, i
2: love to
0: meet her. And I'm almost positive she could kick Feldy's ass as well, which is real it is so cool. Well, maybe not now cuz you've been boxing for a couple of years now, Feldy. So she maybe- could
1: crush me and she could crush you too with your covid diet these days. You've got your your covid gut. You wouldn't be able to keep keep up with her.
0: I'm still tough as nails. Listen, you can't you could can take the guy out of South Boston, but you never take the South Boston out of the guy. I would but I would never hit a woman. I was raised to never put my hands on a lady. And um, I'll shake the shit out of one. No, I'm just kidding. That's what Chris Rock said. Like <laughs> that's Chris Rock's joke. That's not my joke. I don't even want to have to edit that out. I would not touch a woman. I wouldn't shake a woman. I would I love women. So I'm extra careful these days. So anyways, Dina's husband is uh, an amazing guy. He's a friend of mine, Dave Canton. He, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I think is amazing about Dave. Uh, Besides the fact that he's done tons of work for uh, children's pediatric cancer, right? Like he's, he has this incredible charity that he created for children's pediatric cancer. And he's been in Forbes magazine and he's this great guy. He brought Dina uh, Dina or Dina brought him to Bali to do my retreat and he I had never met me. sure. <laughs> What's that Dina?
2: I brought him for
0: sure. Okay. But, well, you, I, you brought I, him. But listen, what, not a lot of guys are willing to fly all the way to Bali and do a retreat with some weird ball guy they've never met and dive in and do this weird breathwork thing and all the weird stuff that we were doing in the retreat. And he just dove right in with no hesitation. And like that tells me he's a special guy. And you could see how much he loves and cares for you. And just like the sun rises and sets with you with him. And he's an amazing dude. So I love Dave. Tell Dave, I give Dave my best.
2: Well, he's upstairs talking loud on the phone. So I hope you can't hear it.
0: No, I can't hear him. But that's (laughs) shocking that I can't.
2: (laughs) Shut the door. Anything that... I mean, I could be a little wacky. Anything I bring his way, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. Like, he's so open to healing. And I think that's so important, especially, as you know, for men, you know, in this day and age, it's so embraced now for men to do spiritual practice and everything else. And it just, it was my dream to share my life with someone who's open to it. So yeah,
0: well, dreams happen. I mean, that's what we were talking about. Uh, That's what I wanted to get into, like sort of. At any point in your life, you can, you can decide, like, hey, this isn't working for me. You were on The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and you got off early, I think. You, you, you left the show early, and you decided it wasn't working for you, right?
2: I quit once I realized what was it about, but interestingly enough, I went back five years later for one season, and there's a funny story that goes along with that, but everything is serving you for that particular time in your life. And sometimes, you know, everyone's on their different growth pattern. And sometimes you grow a little faster or someone's not as open. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It was just at that time, it was working for where you were in your journey. And you grow out of it. You grow out of relationships. You grow out of friendships. You grow out of jobs. And again, it doesn't mean you're any better or worse. It's just where you're supposed to be at that time in your life and the lessons. So I learned a lot of lessons. Um, Obviously, we're all still growing. We're all still healing. But... I noticed um, how important practice is, I call it ritual, is in your life because the moment I stopped doing it is that's when I really went dark. Um, mm-hmm. And no matter how bad things are, you really like you know going to the gym as we all know. You have to keep that routine, that practice, that ritual going and even when you're not in the mood because that's when the real change happens.
0: Can you tell us about what, it, what it's like to go dark? Because Feldy and I, this is, what, this is why we did this show, is because we go dark, I've gone dark, Feldy's gone dark with depression, anxiety, all this kind of stuff. I mean, we're having all these incredible guests on the show and they're talking about creating in the pandemic. And I'm going, shit, I think all the guests are doing better than I am right now. <laughs> So like what what are you what are you talking what are you talking about going dark like what does that mean for you and then what do you use to get out of that how do you how do you recognize that and pull yourself out of it
2: well I think that's the most difficult part for people who have been dark um, and when i I use the word term dark it's kind of like the opposite of light meaning it's heavy like everything's very heavy and you feel like that wet blanket is on you and you there's no escape. So it's very difficult because I do have friends and some family members who I recognize are in that space and you don't want to hear anything when you're there. You think what you're feeling is, and it is real, but there's no way out. So it's really a practice, a self-practice of realizing no one else is going to help you. Obviously people can give you tools, but it's up to you. You're the only one who's going to get you out of there. So when you're having these thoughts, whether they be, just depression or you know as deep as suicidal um, and my, my hint for it's a very again heavy subject my hint for when you're having suicidal thoughts this is the biggest thing that I could tell everyone I'm an animal advocate I mean you know I have a dog with no ears a dog with two legs like I rescue animals and animals are so pure and good if you're ever in a really dark spot the number one thing I say to do is to rescue an animal because mm-hmm. they need you so you need, like sometimes people are feeling very like no purpose in life, or not loved. That animal is going to love you and they need you. So you're gonna get out of bed to feed them, to walk them. And if that's what gets you out of bed and out of that spot, God bless, because for me, my little mama, my very vicious <laughs> dog, she will rip everyone, anyone's face off. She literally saved my life. I was in a super dark place. And I saw her and I recognized something in her where she had trust issues and everything. And I fostered her and she wouldn't let anyone touch her but me and I had to get out of bed. I had to get out of bed to go take care of her because I knew there was something else relying on me. Um, And you know, people have the ability to really hurt you and some of the people that you think will never hurt you that you rely on you to save you are gonna be the people who may hurt you the worst. But a dog or animal, in my opinion, is just such pure love that even if they nip you or something, it's just out of fear. It's not intentional. So Mm -hmm. that's my number one hint.
1: Do you think that dark place comes situationally or do you think it comes chemically?
2: Uh, A combination of both. I have been, I mean, obviously I've done a lot of podcasts. I have one of my own that I kind of, it's just lighthearted, but this is a very serious subject and I know that your listeners have been there. Um, For me, one of my darkest spots was a month after I had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and it was also a time that something that's in the news now you can Google happened to my husband. Um, So it was, here I am taking care of him after he was attacked and i'm still having this miscarriage and it was definitely chemically that made me go super dark but i think i would have been halfway there without the miscarriage because of the circumstances but definitely especially women at different points of their lives and it can happen in your 20s when you're just your hormones will start coming in and men i believe get their periods they just don't <laughs> We just don't do it the same way we do. But I think there's a monthly cycle that goes on with everyone. And it's funny because when you're out of it, you're like, wow, I can't believe that's what I was really thinking. And I can't believe I was really considering that. But yet when you're in it, it's so real and so permanent. I have a lot of psychic friends and intuitive friends, and they have all told me that when they're speaking to people on the other side who committed suicide, the moment they do it, they regret it. Always. And they're like, once they're there, they're like, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, you could read about so many circumstances where people actually jumped off a bridge, but survived. The second they jumped, they're like, no, I shouldn't have done that. So you just have to, you know, whether it's a chemical substance or something, you have to realize it's deep down inside, we're all so pure and good. good and it's just like levels of yuck on top of us that are giving us those thoughts. And we have to get back in there. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck is wrong with Donald Trump, God damn it! What does, he,
1: what does <laughs> guess, that guy need?
2: I guess he's got a lot of gook. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually, I know I get yelled at this at a lot on this for social media because I really try not to get political because I feel like what happens when we're all like, I have many, many friends in California who are like, you know, very democratic and then we have jersey people who as you probably know are very republican. So I just hate to see the hate between yeah. people that I've known for years be friends over politics. I think we just need to have grace a little bit and listen a little bit more to both sides. Um do, do I think most politicians are full of shit absolutely. Um I think there's going to be somebody who comes in from out of nowhere hopefully that does it for the right reasons eventually. And that's what I pray for for our country.
0: Yeah, we need a John F. Kennedy again. That would be amazing. Or just anyone, I don't care. See, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I just want a good human, like somebody who inspires me. I don't care what their color is you know of the red or their blue or whatever it doesn't fucking matter to me just somebody who cares about people and inspires and unifies the country i want to go back for a second and talk about the suicide because it's been something that's uh, gone through my life quite a bit with people really close to me and people that i've helped and it's been something that's it's hard and 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 someone told me something that was incredible. They said that Robin Williams brain was giving him bad information at the time. Like our brain literally tells us things that aren't true. It gives us bad information. And that's a pretty scary idea that like my brain, the thing I listen to can give me bad information and tell me things that aren't true. But that's just been the case. I mean, I've worked with thousands of people and all the time they they hear these stories in their head we create these stories in our head that we're not we're not good enough or we're not strong enough or we're not skinny enough we're not pretty enough we're not rich enough and we we create these stories and our brain gives us bad information and so sometimes i think it's really important to not listen to your head and to get out of your head and dina I, I love that you talked about fostering an animal that's the first time anyone said that so far on the show like that's a I've that was such a great piece of advice and I'm, I'm just I'm stunned I love it Feldy is a big animal rights activist and has done tons of stuff for PETA and I remember when we were on tour he was like showing all these animal rights activist stuff on tour remember that Feldy
1: yeah I saw that movie babe about the pig and I just thought if they can train a pig the same way they train a dog, I mean, for me, that was the key for, for how I kind of went vegan and it all kind of connected to, to me, you know? Um, and I've been on the road and I've dedicated so much of my time when I've been on tour with my band to different animal shelters. And I agree with you. I feel like whatever God is speaks to me through my animals. And, um, and it's a, you know, it is something, how do you get out of yourself when you're like you said, when you're only believing your own thoughts and you don't wanna hear anything from anybody. But I don't have a choice. Like when my dog needs to go out to go to the bathroom at four in the morning, I gotta get up and, and bring my dog out. It's like it gets out of my own, I get out of my own way.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that, this little dog, like I have several animals, but little mama is my, she's like, we're just connected on such a deeper level and um yeah because she was bred to death kept outside on a chain and hit and abused and i was in the same position where i felt very used and broken and we just kind of saw each other and i was like if not for me i'm going to do it for her i'm going to get out of bed and i'm going to take care of her so it's she's i want to cry thinking about she's so cute but she'll rip your face off if you come in (laughs) Like it, actually, what's, what I went through, I kind of like that I have a dog that will do that if you come in my house. Like, you know, it's good protection. But um, with me, she'll give me kisses all over and she, you just, we get each other. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what now, it kind of helped me realize at that point, I stopped practicing and that was everything. That was like, I have rituals. Everything I do from the moment I open my eyes is a ritual. I put, and I've made up several of them and it could sound wacky, but you know what? When I open my eyes, I, before I even get out of bed, I have some things I kind of say to myself and little prayers. But I always put my right foot on the ground first. Mm. And that means that whatever comes my way, whatever obstacle that comes my way, I will handle it. So it's not like, and as long as I do that, it's handled. Whether it's placebo or anything, I know that whatever comes my way, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to handle it. So I stopped doing stupid things like that during these dark times. But mm-hmm. what that does is, train your brain to think those things instead of my life is horrible you know i shouldn't be here
0: well i call it a, a morning routine to win like everyone i know that's successful has a, an important morning routine you call it a ritual so can you walk us through your morning routine or your morning ritual like what does that look like for you when you're There's- when you're on
2: it's, it's funny, there's several because Dave will make fun of me because sometimes I'll wake up with him, you know, at the crack of dawn, but I don't emerge from my, I call my lady cave to a certain hour because there's all things that I do. Some of them are um, like I'll do in full length and some of them I'll do little. But some of the most important things I do is I have like an anointing ritual that I do. And it started off by just like, oh, I like this spray. I like this oil, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of made these five little things where I'll, say these affirmations with them and I start off with angels, especially I just lost my dad and I had never had any real loss, but my dad died in April and I'm sorry. He died with corona, I'll say, because he contracted it while he was in a rehab. And it was a really hard loss for me, not only because we couldn't we had to say goodbye on Zoom. Imagine my mom of 67 years, his wife had to say goodbye to her husband on Zoom. And we couldn't have a proper burial, but I never lost anyone super close to me. So I added in after he passed a little angel oil that I just say my angels always on my shoulder and guiding me because I like that's my little homage to him that I know he's up there wheeling and dealing for us now, you know, so I just like say my angels are on my shoulder and then I do like, also depending on how I'm feeling, we had an incident where you know since then i've gotten my nose fixed and everything and i wasn't feeling like i don't look like i used to look which i'm kind of happy about now but i had to remind myself that no matter what's going on out here i'm still beautiful like i still have the essence of my go-to is mary you know I, i'm not a religious person but i love mary blessed mother so i still have that beauty in me it might be again covered with some muck right now but she's deep down inside and how beautiful is Mary? Mm-hmm. So. know i'm beautiful and then i do i'm healthy like i have these little oils and my last one is and i'm always protected from negative energy i kind of miss myself with it and then i have this thing that and i say and so it is and i just kind of cover myself so it's kind of like even when i'm in the worst moon i wake up after i do this ritual i know that i'm safe i'm protected i'm guided i'm beautiful i'm healthy and that's how i start my day
0: that's amazing i mean (laughs) listen first of all you are beautiful on the outside but you're beautiful on the inside like you have this amazing energy you have this light around you that comes out and i've met a lot of women that are beautiful on the outside that have a terrible energy that they're they're putting out to the world and you don't have that you have this light that radiates from outside of you and i and so our friend D, uh, lauren was talking about that you're making these marys you're crafting these incredible marys and blessing them and people are buying them and What's going on there? So, a lot of people have been sharing that with us on the podcast that they're creating in Corona, in the in the shutdown, that they're creating, and that creativity has really helped them to get through this. Is that something you're doing?
2: Well, my mom. Um, it's funny, Maria Shriver, who is like a someone I really admired. She all of a sudden inboxed me on Instagram and she's like, I love your Marys, I'd like to buy one. I'm like, I, will, I would love to make you one. And I sent her one and I wrote this little note to her that my mom is, I'm the youngest of 11 children. And my mom never drove because she was home taking care of all the kids. And <laughs> I was always like, cause I was the youngest, I was always her little helper. And she had this beautiful craft room and she would just create things. And she taught me like so young, not in the words we're using today, but through creation, whether it be music or poetry or breath work or beautifying vintage Marys, that's where you really connect to peace, to connect to God, whatever universe, whatever you want to call it. It's because you're focused only on that craft. So we used to, instead of plopping us in front of the TV, she used to say, okay, go outside, collect some rocks and twigs. And that, little did I know, at five, six years old, I was meditating because I was only focusing on what's so beautiful that I can collect to paste onto this rock and that for me like when I joined you in Bali I had never done breath work or anything like similar I mean I I've done your class once before but before I moved out to California it was always through nature and creating that I meditated and I'm not really good at like the quiet your mind meditation um, I need to be guided for that. For myself, I'm not good at really doing that on my own. I go outside and I'll take a walk and I'll just focus on that little bird playing in the puddle. That's meditation to me because all the other noise is gone. It's just that beauty of that bird. I notice everything around me. I learned that at a very young age. And while this pandemic was happening, and I lost my dad. I went back to creating and just making things beautiful around me. And I tried gardening. I suck at it. I can't. (laughs) I tried. Um, So it was like I wanted, I felt the urge to create beauty again. So I started doing these Marys again. And people love them. I get all kinds of stories that, you know, how they've helped them through hard times because, again, it's just a reminder. It's like a symbolism of what's good and a reminder that it's all in us too. So we could be feeling really down. And that's when. Some of my friends will say I'm not good enough for this relationship, I'm not good enough, and I've certainly been there. It's when I forgot that that beauty is inside, that beauty of God, universe, Mary, whoever it is you resonate with, it's when you forget that they're in you. Like how could you look at Mary so beautiful and say that she's not good enough? Well, she's in us, so we're good enough, you know, like we we deserve everything because of that essence
1: i wonder if the if the oil thing's a jersey thing because my wife does it too she has this like thing with her oils and i always want to like get in bed with a non i feel like i'm <laughs> cuddling with a fucking oil tanker it's like so, <laughs> so like greased up. I wonder if it's just like a, a woman thing or a Jersey thing or whatever. Oh,
2: there's oils for like, you know, good skin and everything. This is specific. Like I just put it in sir, but I don't, don't get me wrong. Dave's like, you're always oiled up. You're always like, you like, slip, he slips off me. So that, yeah, that's, yeah. Good skin. that's a totally, that's another thing. That's to keep like, you know, nice, plump, healthy skin and get rid of the cellulite.
1: But, it's interesting. I was raised Catholic. and And so there was a lot of, When I was growing up, I was a total derelict. And so there was a lot of uh, Hail Marys that I had to do. I don't know if you were raised religious at all, but I haven't, I actually haven't heard talk about um, Mother Mary in a long, long time. It's interesting you bring her up, you know, that, that she's your, one of your angels. It's just a really interesting thing. And I think I need to look at that. That's wild.
2: Well, I think she is leading. My mother would say it's disrespectful to call her she, but I think this feminine energy is leading this new earth that's emerging. And I love you guys. I love all men. But I think obviously, we were living in a very male dominated energy that wasn't isn't working. And it's time to balance both. And I think that Mary is kind of guiding us in these times. And I think that's why so many more men are showing up, you know, as spiritual leaders and and embracing it. And it's not, you know, my husband, JP, you know, he's like, Guido from Jersey like he's like (laughs) the one of the toughest ego guys you'll ever meet and I have been doing magic outside and burying you know orange peels at midnight with me (laughs) and he's all about it. He had
1: the
2: biggest breakthroughs in Bali of his life healing from his childhood wounds and everything and you know if he continued on the pattern he was on of that Jersey (laughs) mansion and the Ferraris in the garage he would have never found that you know so it all happens when it's supposed to.
0: Yeah, I I mean, God, you said so many beautiful things. I just, I I posted something the other day that shared, it was all these women leaders all around the globe in different countries, like in New Zealand and Korea or whatever, that have dealt with the pandemic way better than the male leaders, right? That have uh, in other countries. And I was talking to my wife about it and I said, I think it's because women don't have the same ego that men have. And they're just, they just want to kind of like do what's best for the people and do what's best for the country. And whereas men tend to be like, I don't want to look bad here. I don't want to come off bad. And so that's ego. And I think the male ego sometimes really gets in the way of doing what's right or doing what's best for people, and so these women leaders, like New Zealand's probably the best example, have done a much better job handling corona and the pandemic than the male leaders around the world and I think you're right, I think we are moving into the time of feminine and and I think it's great i, I you know I, I'm all for it i you know listen I'm a guy guy who has no problem if somebody threatened me or my family, I would choke them out or do whatever I needed to do without hesitation. I have that still inside of me. But I, I'm, so I have a masculine core, but I have a feminine emotional body. I mean, you've been in my class and seen me do my work enough that I cry at the drop of a hat. And I cry when I get moved, when I get emotional. And Feldy knows this too. And you know what, that's who I wanna be. I wanna be open. I wanna open my heart so that, I can move people and that they're not afraid to open their heart and be touched and let go of whatever it is they need to let go. I wanna use that vulnerability that I have inside of me to help people. Cause it it was my greatest wound as a kid growing up. And your greatest wound can become your greatest gift. I was always too sensitive, told I was too sensitive and that was always my greatest wound. And my greatest wound has become my greatest gift.
2: Well, I think what you have that's very helpful to that masculine energy is that essence, because when I first did your class, I believe it was at the den, maybe. And the first thing I thought of during it was my brother who tragically lost his son. And I said, you know, my brother's another, you know, Italian macho guy. He would never consider any kind of spiritual thing. And I came up to you after, I don't know if you remember, and I'm like, do you do privates? Because I would love for you to go to my brother's house in Palisades. And you were like, yeah. Um, Because normally he wouldn't be open to that. But because you have that masculine energy, it would be okay, it would be cool. So I think it's lovely that you're able to offer that to people like my husband, you know, if it was all women on this retreat, I don't think Dave would have been as open, you know, he needed some of that man energy. And we need that we need to people that you that are well balanced, you know, and I, I love using the word balance because even when I say Dave had the McMansion and the Ferraris, like, I'm down for a Ferrari. Like we have a Bentley coming in a few weeks. Like, it's okay to be spiritual. Like you can drive the Bentley to the ashram. It's cool. Like, I'm you know, down
0: for the Ferrari too. Let me just make a point. I, yeah. I'd love to have a, a Porsche or Ferrari myself. So. Yeah,
2: it's okay. And that's what a lot of people were confused by me. Cause I came from this show with all the glitz and glam and the heels and you know, all this And they were like, well, wait a minute. Like, what are you talking about? And when you show your house, you have Buddhism, Mary. Like, who who are you? What are you? And I'm like, it's okay. Like, you could be spiritual and glamorous at the same time. And I think that's what this Kardashian generation was so turned off by is like, oh, no, if I, I have to run through fields with hairy armpits if I'm spiritual, like, no. You can have beautiful things and live a very material life as long as those things don't own you. You can own them because a lot of the problem with ego is they own you. So if you don't have it, or you were to lose it, then that takes away who you are. No, you can own them, enjoy them. If it were to go, it shouldn't make any difference in your life. And that's what I learned the hard way when I got divorced and I lost everything. Um, But I'm okay. And like, I realized all I need, all I need in life is like, you know, a clean bed and running water. That was the most important thing to me. I did a uh, story in Bali where I did a 10 day silent retreat don't do it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like that was a little too crunchy for me. I was in the middle of the freaking woods in a Mongolian yurt with no running water. And I'm doing this Ayurvedic like treatments every single day. And it's purging everything out of your system. When I say everything, like think worms and et cetera. I needed, I needed fucking running water. Like I wanted to clean myself while this was all happening. And I had to bundle up and go to the outhouse. And I'm like, I'm out of here. Day five, I walked a mile and a half and I found the bed and breakfast. She never knew, my teacher never knew. I checked in every night after treatments, just so I could have a clean. I remember thinking, and it was so embarrassing because here I am, I show up to this place. I'm like distraught, I'm all sweaty. And I walk in, and the woman recognizes me. She's a Half fan. I wanted to die. And she's like, What are you doing here? What is wrong? And I'm like, Listen, I just need a room. And she's like, Honey, we're all so bad. She's like, But we have like, they had like a janitor room. She's like, like, It's like where we stay. She's like, It's horrible. It's right underneath the boiler room. It's big, loud. It just has a bed running water. I'm like, That's all I need. So she gives me the room, and I cried, just like hugging the white sheets. I cried, and I'm like, This is all I need is running water and a clean bed. And I learned then that was preparing me for my divorce where I lost my beautiful home and all my cars and all my belongings and everything. And I got a studio apartment in Manhattan, with just a bed and running water. And it was like, you're good. You're good. Mm. So I think we take for granted some of the essentials because there are people who don't have clean running water. Now our people who don't have a bed like those are the real problems. As long as we have those essentials in life, you don't even need It's nice to have people who love you. You don't even need it as long as you are able to cultivate that love for yourself and you have the essentials in life, like running clean water and somewhere to sleep, a roof over your head. That's when like you really understand (laughs) what it's all about. And you help those that don't have those things. You allow yourself to help those people who don't have those essentials.
1: Yeah. Dude, I have a, I have a bidet in almost every room in my house. Like my <laughs> essentials of like, I
2: can't. So uncivilized. When you go to Europe and they have bidets, I'm like, this is what we need.
1: <laughs> I know. I tried camping. I tried camping one time with my kids, and it was like, I going to dig a hole to poop. It was like, I'm never. This is not. I'm like, you know, um, I get the cottages of the montage in in uh, in Laguna, and it's like that's my that's my life, And I don't want. And that's fine. That is Feldy, totally
0: fine. Feldy is such a prima donna. I've been on tour with him and the rest of the band is in coach and he's in first and he's in the nicest that's room definitely. and it's like, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Listen, I love what you said that you can be glamorous and spiritual at the same time. I feel like you can be a tough guy and you can be vulnerable at the same time. You can be both, right? it's so cool. We're, uh, we're going camping this Friday and we're going to stay in the tent on like a beach. And uh, my wife is a little horrified. I did a trip with David Arquette, who's a good friend of mine, where I thought it was just, uh, we were going to learn how to make fire and s'mores. And it was the hardest survival trip in the country like it like they had we had no food for five days we had nothing we slept on the ground you had to dig a hole to go to the bathroom and wipe your butt with like whatever you could find the guy was like just use sticks and leaves and I encourage you to experiment and I was like experiment dude I'm not experimenting with my ass like tell me what's good out here I don't want to experiment <laughs> you know it was horrifying and I and I realized like I have a limit too like everybody has a limit that was definitely my limit that pushed me to my edge, but pushing yourself to your edge really starts to tell you some things about yourself. Like finding your edge is very valuable in growth.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there may be some people that their worst nightmare is staying in a five star hotel and being pampered. Like they need to be in the earth and all that. God bless them. That's what works for them. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not background spiritual and I want to, I love nature and there's not a day that goes by that I'm not in it and touching soil and, you know, looking at the birds, but I don't, I don't want to be on Naked and Afraid at any time soon. Although I might survive because I've watched it so many times. Like I know we have to make the fire first and all that, but I don't want to. And if you don't have to.
0: (laughs) I think we should create like a a rich the three of us should create like a resort that is both glamorous and spiritual. So like you have the earth elements, like you can go out and do all these earthy crunchy things, but then you can go in and get a spa treatment afterwards. It would be amazing.
2: Freaking five star bed and like, yeah. (laughs) Jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah, the bed is the key thing. I have my Tempur-Pedic that's like adjustable, like a hotel, like a uh, like a hospital bed, and everyone laughs at me. But like, I love putting that bed up and reading in bed. It's like my favorite thing, or watching TV and adjusting it. And my, I drive my wife crazy because when we're watching a movie, I keep adjusting it, and she gets so
1: mad at me. I love how you talked about you talk about God a lot, and I I know it's I mean the way I'm kind of absorbing this information is like more of a spiritual connection than it is a religious connection and I could be wrong and you can talk about it but uh, whenever I work with artists that say that they're devout atheists that there's you know they have to prove the non-existence of God because I throughout the day I'm like like I take a, part of my morning routine is a cold shower which I've talked about a lot on this and I've got my own things that i my own rituals that I do you know to kind of like survive the day and um and I, for me, I'm always in some form of gratitude, whatever it is, wh- whether I'm in my car or with my kids or just breathing or just looking at the sun or being, at, I was in Malibu this morning and just like looking at the ocean, I'm always in gratitude. And the idea for me that this all came from nothing, leads to nothing, that this is all random circumstance that led us here. I mean, I just, I don't see, I don't see how I can rationalize that, that this is all completely random. And for me, I've got to be in constant gratitude for the life that I have, you know?
2: I get a lot of this about religion because obviously I was raised Catholic, a big Italian family, Mother Mary is my girl, but yet I have Buddhas, I have Quan Yin around. So I get a lot of messages, A, from a lot of guilt, Catholics with guilt saying like, I want to get into the spiritual life, but I feel guilty because I know my mom would be disappointed at the church, blah, 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 blah. And two, also people saying like, You can't have Buddha and Mother Mary and the same thing. And I'm like, well, this here's my thought on, and this is not my quote, it's somebody else's quote, but Jesus was not a Christian, Buddha was not a Buddhist, Muhammad was, you know, not a Muslim. They were all messengers of love. And it was man who created these religions for whatever reason. And they were also the people who kind of uh, interpreted their word. So I think something in that mix obviously was part of the male, not male, but people, human ego creating these religions. But the bottom line, when you go through every religion, the bottom line is pretty much the same. It's love and it's being kind to one another. So I, although I was raised Catholic and my dad would go to church every day and he put the pews, you know, the flowers on the pews every Sunday. I don't believe in religion. I just think it's it's misconstrued and misinterpreted by man. So I think all of this is part of something bigger that we're all part of. And Jesus maybe told it one way. You know, he was very enlightened, and you know, Buddha told it another way. And um, but the message underlining is all the same.
0: I agree. I mean, listen, I was raised Catholic in Boston, Massachusetts. I was an altar boy in Boston. It's the most dangerous job in the world. I mean, nothing happened to me, thankfully. I don't know why I thought I looked good in my robes, but maybe not. So, I mean, it's a terrible joke, but I, my father's a Eucharistic minister. He gives out the host at church, you know, and I, he goes to church every day. And I had to go to church and Sunday, Saturdays, CCD school and all of it. And it just didn't resonate with me. I never connected to it. I never felt it. And I didn't feel, I've been through the the Buddhist temples in Cambodia and I've traveled all around the world. I've been to the Cathedral in Notre Dame. I never felt Anything. I never felt the presence of God until I did my first breathwork session. And then I felt something. I don't know if you want to call it, I don't know if I call it God. I would call it energy. I felt connected to you and this person next to me and the trees and everything. I felt connected to everything and that everything was energy and that everything was love. And that all that really matters is the love that you give and the love that you get. And that's all you're going to take with you. That's all. And so ever since then I've been trying to just give as much love as I can and get as much love as I can. But you know, I'm human and I'm i want to kill people all the time. So that's the other problem. You know, people piss me off. I, I should stay off social media and because people are jerks on there not everyone I'm, I'm generalizing, but I struggle. I struggle with social media. I struggle with humans. I'm a human. Feldy says this to me all the time. He says, you know, the most, the best you're ever going to be is human. Right? Feldy. Look,
1: I think I've told you maybe 2000 times, stop reading comments and get off Facebook, dude. It's like, you are, some people are just not built to be able to take the criticism that people are, people are terrible on the internet. I don't read any comments and my social media is only positivity. I can't be any other way, my brain is default negative and I can't, I I just can't take it, you know? But the best we are ever gonna be is human. To me, there's no question that there's some kind of guiding force that, you know, everything has always worked out better than I could have ever imagined. And in my worst, like when the worst things happen in my career, what I think are, I turn around and look, you know, five, six years later, and all of a sudden I go, I'm so grateful that that never happened. But only time can give me that, kind of clairvoyance
2: well that's why I say when I I'm a big manifester and a big moon magic person and I've learned to when I'm manifesting something in my life to say this or something better because what we may want is not what's best for us all the time so it's really up to the universe to serve us what is meant for us and if we try to force something too bad I mean I found in my experience it always had a negative outcome so I'll you know manifest the feeling More of how I want to feel and allow the universe to send whatever that may be to reach that feeling. So you got to be careful what you wish for, (laughs) because you're going to get it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. You know, it's so funny whenever I hear John Paul and, and, and I do his classes probably um, once once a month now. And um, we used to do a lot more breath work when you lived in Los Angeles, but now you don't live here. I, I try and um, dial into your classes online, but it was like that, you know, one of the first experiences that, that I ever had was with, John, with with John Paul was on tour when, you know, some dude was flicking cigarette butts at me on stage and he just, the guy had a mohawk and he just grabbed the kid by the mohawk and started bashing his head on the on the barricade. And it's like, from that man, the, the man that you were, who used to get out of your car to like, you know, challenge people on the 405 to this like, you know, who you are now as a breathwork teacher, it's incredible to watch that journey and to watch how breathwork has changed your life, because I know how it's changed my life. But to see you change is incredible, man.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, listen, this is the this is the whole point of this podcast of this talk of this talk. It's like you get to you get to decide that if today you don't like who you are, if you don't like how your life is going, that you can make a change right here, right now in this moment. You get to make that choice. Nobody's gonna do it for you. Nobody's gonna show up. I'm sorry, I know Dina might disagree. Nobody's gonna show up, put their hand on your head and magically fix you and heal you. You are that healer. You're gonna, you have to initiate it. You have to start it for yourself and you have to do it. And we all have that ability inside of us. We all have that capacity inside us to change our lives and heal ourselves. But we have to take the action. We can't just sit back and wait for something to happen. We have to take some kind of action and and watch and and that's all I've done is just like okay I think someone told me to go do breath work it sounds stupid okay I'm gonna go anyways you know what I mean somebody told me I should be blessed by Mary okay let me go get blessed by Mary like whatever you think don't just turn off your brain and go take some action no matter how dumb or ridiculous or whatever you think it is just show up and do something different because you've got yourself to this place where you're at where you're unhappy right now and it's up to you to get yourself out
2: Well, I don't, I certainly don't think anybody can fix you, but I do believe in having a mentor or a teacher. Oh, for sure. And I have a proposal, a book proposal that I wrote a long time ago, and one day (laughs) I'll finish it. But one of my main things on starting, because I get a lot of inboxes, like, how do I start? Show me how to start. And I say, like, for me, it was many years ago, I was watching Oprah, and she talked about this... Retreat in Arizona that she had just gone to and the next day I found out my ex-husband was cheating on me And here I am living in his home with my daughter at the time He was even and I got on a plane which I would never do by myself and I went to this retreat So it wasn't Oprah that necessarily changed my life Um, It was her like little planted seed like there's this retreat that transportation they'll pick you up and blah 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 It's a whole long story to go along with that But anyway, I wound up doing a sweat lodge there and that was the catalyst to my spiritual journey So I always, my, one of the chapters was find your Oprah. So a lot of people, it's so crazy. I was on the show that really is not the nicest show in the world. You know, it's about women pulling each other's hair out and fighting, but people saw what they needed to see in me. And to this day, 10 years later, still follow me on social media and my journey. And some of them like, is, I, I don't want to say this to seem like, but I was like their Oprah. I was the catalyst for them to start their journey. And they got it from watching a freaking horrible TV show. So like, you just have to find that person that you resonate with, that for some reason speaks to you in some way, or you want to emulate their life or what have you, and then do what they do. Do the rituals that I'm giving you. Do the breath work that you, you know, are are so great at. Like, just find someone whose life you want to be more like and follow what they do and just try it.
1: Yeah. They say that, uh, they say God moves mountains, you just got to bring a shovel is what they taught me, you know, and I've got to show up and do that. I've got to do the work. They say you can't lock yourself in a closet and pray for a sandwich, you got to go make the sandwich, you know, and I think that, um, I, mean, I mean, we're all testaments to that, that, that we can actually make something. And I remember when I first really started having panic attacks, like, um, one doctor I, I saw, he said, know that voice that's in your head is is your own it's your own voice and you can have control over that voice. And when you start feeling those like the tingly sensation or you're checking your heart palpitations or whatever it is that you're doing, whatever symptoms you have for your own panic, it's like you have a right to say no. Just say, no, I am not going to go down this road and then take a contrary action. Like for me, it's working out. Like we talked about, you know, the cold plunge, prayer, meditation, breath work. There's so many things that I can do instead of going down that path. But like you said, the first step sometimes is just putting your foot out of bed and just taking that first step, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It's funny to think that there might be somebody out there listening to this that hates themselves so much that they, Uh, feel good beating the shit out of people like I did. And then they could totally turn their life around and help people through breathwork or through some other method. And then I get like messages and emails and people write me incredible stories all the time saying how it's changed their life and how I've changed their life. I don't think I've done it. I think the breathwork's done it, but Mm -hmm. I'm just a messenger, right? But the point is, is that anybody can turn their life around at any time and, and then turn around and help other people. I, I had to learn that, you know, the car wasn't going to fix me. Although I love having a nice car, the house was not going to fix me. I love having a nice house. I have a beautiful wife and kids. I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. And I was wrong. Like I'm so often wrong about what's best for me in my life. And so just being open to the idea that I'm wrong about what's good for me and what's good for my life is amazing. And, but like all these things, like, I didn't want Have been so great for me. And so I have to be open to the idea that I don't know what's good for me all the time and I just need to try different stuff and stop doing the same things over and over and expecting different results, as they say. They say the in- definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, but I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, knowing what the goddamn result is gonna be and fucking doing it anyways. Like, that's what I did. I know I'm gonna get, this is what I'm gonna get from this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Like, goddamn it.
2: And you could change the result even doing the same thing you know, I never wanted to get married again. And I was like, fuck this, I'm never doing this again. And Dave kind of <laughs> forced me, <laughs> forced himself on me. And now it's the greatest thing ever that to be sharing my life with someone. And I even say like, I am okay at this point in my life as much as I adore him and I love him and he's, we're so perfect in so many ways. God forbid, if we were not to be together one day, I'm just so grateful I experienced it. And I'm going to stay with that. I'm not going to spiral down because I lost a love of my like you have to get to a place that the experience is enough and then who you're left with is more than enough. And that's what we do. And today's a full moon. Did you know that one? Is this airing soon? Is this like what I
0: think? Thinking? I am not sure. Maybe next week or the week after
2: today's a full moon in Aquarius. It happened this morning. So I know this is another part of my, like astrology is so amazing. The more I learn about it, the more I realize how much it really determines the world like obviously the last time some of the planets were where they are right now was during the plague during you know the fall of the roman empire and it's like these were predicted these times we're going through right now based on the stars i mean doctors used to um literally treat people by their sun sign like okay you're a pisces i'm a pisces i'm rolled by the feet let's check your organs through your feet and see like that's the way they used to medicate people and then We got all into Western medicine, but anyway, so today is a full moon in Aquarius. So Aquarius is an air sign. So like breath work on a day like a night like tonight, because full moon is about releasing. Because obviously we're made up of water. Full moon brings in the tide. Like if it's good enough for the ocean, I think it kind of works on us too. So um, to work with the element that the moon is in is so extraordinary and can really move things much faster along. So to do breath work on a night. Like, yeah. to, would speed up the healing process so much. So, the more you're in tune with those things, the better. a
0: lot of breathwork teachers do full moon breathwork ceremonies. Yeah. It tends to be really wild, it tends to be a bit of a shit show, to be honest with you. Like, I've done it, I've done it just because it's fallen on a full moon. Cause, and then if people are like going crazy in there. And you're right, like, we are our bodies are, I think it's 67 or 70% water, and that the moon does affect us. My grandmother worked at a nursing home and she said whenever there was a full moon that all kinds of wacky shit would happen. And sometimes someone went around and switched all the false teeth in the jars. So they had to line everybody up and try and match the false teeth That's- in their mouth. <laughs> Especially now. Can you imagine? Oh.
2: But what I'm saying is like, this is when your body, your emotions, everything is building up like the moon, everything's coming to So all these things, especially it's like a six month process where it's a new moon and that signs to full. So it's all these things that have been happening for the past, especially six months, is building up and it needs to be released somehow, just like the moon kind of becomes full and then it goes dark. So you, you have to find a modality to release that, whether it's screaming, whether it's breath work, whether it's just writing shit down and burning it or something, there has to be some kind of release of that. Otherwise it gets like suppressed again. So that's why I believe in working with the moon's energy. And it is insane. They'll say the emergency rooms are always busier on a full moon because this energy's got nowhere to go. So to learn how to harness it for good is part of the magic. Um, so yeah, I'll be- This is my
1: wife, by the way,
2: she's from Jersey. Oh, hi. Hi. Nice meet you. What part of Jersey are you from?
1: I'm from Medford, South Jersey.
2: Okay. See, I, I'm just learning. My husband's from Central. I'm learning that there's like a big difference between North and South. It's like two different countries.
1: <laughs> You're from North?
2: I'm from North, yeah.
1: So you know this, you've been to the Stone Pony a bunch.
2: No, isn't that more South or Central then? I thought it was North.
1: I mean, it's, it's probably a little over an hour from New York. Yeah, like
2: the Red Bank kind of area? Yes. So, so that's central. So Grand north is like Manhattan. Like we're like 20 minutes outside Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah really north. So yeah. So I call my husband. I'm like, you're from South Jersey. He's like, no, central. He corrects me every time. So Stone Pony is central. Yourself. Got it, got it, got it. The, yes. thing about,
1: the thing about Jersey is it's such a small state and it's so many great musicians and artists have come from New Jersey and it's crazy how small it is
2: I as a state,
0: you know? I know.
2: Lots lots of uh, energy going on in Jersey for sure. Well, nice to meet you. Yeah. It was very nice to meet you too.
0: Dina, Amy's got a podcast called Calabitches. It's about Calabasas women. got uh, changed Calababes. Oh, Calababes. Oh, I, I like it. Calabitches better, but Calababes is good, too. Yeah,
2: I had to act with them, so we <laughs> did
0: <laughs> Okay. It. But, Dina, everything you were talking about in the moon, you know, my joke is, like, I say, I'm from Boston. There's no mercury in retrograde in Boston. Your life is a mess because you made it that way. Stop blaming it on mercury in retrograde. But
2: I, I, I am starting to believe a little bit in the moon cycle, I have to say. <laughs> Here's the thing about California. I had a very rude awakening moving here because I moved here. I was always the oddball out in Jersey and they're like, that girl's fucking weird. What is she doing? You know, And I always felt uncomfortable. So once I got to California, I'm like, oh, it could be me. I could do all this weird witchy shit. No one's going to judge me. And then I realized how fake it was and how yeah. everybody here who's just like, you know, before they get the first acting gig, they're just like, let me go teach yoga or something in the meantime. And most of them, I'm not saying there's not real ones because I've met real ones and I continue to be a part of their world, but there's so much phony, spiritual people in LA.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. I mean,
0: I can go on about that for hours. I mean, there's tons of breath work and yoga teachers and all these people. And they're like, they use the spiritual language and they love to like say something to really shitty. And then when you say something back, because you're from the East Coast and you're not going to put up with that, then they're like, oh, I see you're all triggered or I see you're not like a spiritual giant. It's like, no, no, you just threw something really (laughs) shitty out there. You just did some (laughs) passive aggressive shittiness. And now because I'm sticking up for myself. You're trying to turn it around on me, yeah. Um, and I don't put up with that. I, I mean, there's a lot of phoniness in the spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual world. And you know, I have a lot of stories about people backstabbing me. There's a there's a saying that in the East Coast, you know, in the in the West Coast they stab you in the back, and in the East Coast they stab you in the front. You know, and I think it's I think it's pretty accurate.
2: I think people use it as a crutch. The same thing for the church. Some of the most awful people I've met in my life are in the front pew, and they'll I'm like like you are horrible and here you are like holding the nun's hand and you know, whatever, that's what turned me off. And when I moved to California, I actually opened up, um, I was part of a meditation studio. That's where I met Lea and Paul who were wonderful. They were one of the very few who taught there who were real and authentic. The rest of them would like teach their class and then motherfuck everybody. The second it like ended and like making fun of who isn't, I'm like, what the, like these people are hurting. They're coming to you for guidance. Yeah, and horrible person. Once the class ends like no, I was so turned off. And that happened all around the same time this other thing and I fell off the spiritual wagon for a while because I just like this is all smoke and mirrors. It's all this holding space talk and all that bullshit. I'm like, and I'm not I'm not about it anymore like and I stopped doing everything but then I realized like you will find your tribe, you will find your authentic people when you just keep on the path that you're doing no matter how crazy it may sound to some no matter how weird it is. I just, from a little girl, I remember looking up at the moon and like feeling something, you know, and talking to the stars. Like I just connected from that before I even knew what spirituality was. So now to understand it more and harness that energy and use it for more than just a, you know, trending topic.
0: Yeah, It's
2: it's amazing when you could do that. It's just a little dangerous, although I love that spirituality has become so mainstream. It's a little dangerous when you could go on Amazon and buy some, you know, stage in Palo Santo, and call it a day, like, I know. You know, really learn and know, you know, who uses, you know, where it comes from, you know, I live on a very powerful, like Native American land, and there's not a day that I don't honor them in some way, we took this from them, like, I leave tobacco out like a lunatic, <laughs> like, I'm always trying to give back, because I know we took it and honor what they have done, you know, and not use it as a, you know, sales angle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've had people come at me because I I modernized breathwork. When I found breathwork, it was very new agey and very woo-woo, and I changed it. And I, may, I put modern music to it, and I don't say all the woo-woo stuff. And I really, um, I joke, and I say edgy shit, and I swear, and that nobody was doing that with breathwork before I came along. I was the first person to start doing it. And I just, I had this, I had a vision, if you want to call it that, in my own breathwork, that if somebody taught this in a way that was for like guy, guys, East Coast guys, and firefighters, and housewives that were struggling, that they'd have 250 people in a room. Ironically, I did it in a church. They'd have 250 people in this room like changing their lives. And that's exactly what happened. And other what happened was other breathwork teachers uh old school teachers got really jealous about it and got really weird and started spreading all kinds of rumors and saying all kinds of shit and then i came back at people and people were like you how can you say that you're a spiritual teacher and i go i'm not calling myself a spiritual leader i'm I'm a I'm a guy who's teaching a spiritual practice, who's teaching a breathwork practice to help people, but I'm I'm not fucking enlightened. Mm-hmm. I'm just I, I, you know I'll tell you to fuck off to your face if you say something shitty to me.
2: Yeah, but that's it, very enlightened. That's very spiritual. <laughs> it is. It's spiritual to tell someone to fuck off. It's called boundaries. You know. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Boundaries yeah, are. key
2: to do that that's a spiritual practice. So it's the people who are like, oh no, all love and light that are really screwing everybody up because it's okay to be dark. Like that's normal. You just can't live there. You can't stay there. You have to feel it. You have to allow it. You have to understand it. Where is it coming from? What's the triggers? And then move through it. You know, it can't always be love and light. Some days you're going to have a suck ass day and that's okay, but just don't stay there, you know, move through it.
0: Yeah, I say love and light as like with the undertone of go fuck yourself because I'll literally (laughs) tell someone something really. I'll say what I really mean, and I go love and light like you know like go fuck yourself, and because I just think it's become this cheesy thing, you know, and it's bullshit. But I I love everything that you said today, Dina. I'm so grateful that you came on and shared with us all your practice and your stuff. It's been this has been like my one of my favorite episodes so far, if not the favorite. Because you you said so many great things and like you shared so much great advice for people that to help people out there. So thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you so
2: much. Yeah, Dina. I can't wait to see you soon. I'm gonna come to a class next time you're in LA.
0: Okay, you can come online too. Like we can, I'm doing it online. I'll send you a yeah. link. So
2: oh, nice. It, I do I one day we should all get there and so I can meet your Jersey girl too.
1: Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs>